Hello, and welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hey guys, Buddy C, K-E, Marla H, Kirsty. she has a last name, but I don't know it, uh, Craig M, oh, Kirsty S. All right. Let's take a moment, find some emptiness. Okay. We're on the 34th chapter of the Tao Te Ching. Anyone have any comments on this chapter before we get started? I could not come up with a good title for this because... Gosh, there's so much. I'm I'm really excited about seeing what comes out of this. Is another one of those water chapters talking about all about water. Uh, this could be anything from humility to how to be powerless to uh, how to be great, which being great and powerless are, in my thinking, the same thing. <laughs> so there's so much here. I noticed for this one, it doesn't just talk about water, but it talk, talks about the force of water. Because beforehand, it's always been like a, a gentle stream, a gentle flow of water. But this is this, this one looks like it's quite fast and quite quite a powerful one. He's taking water in another direction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the force of nature and how, not, how we try and change nature. We're always trying to change it to our will when it really cannot be changed. Learning to live naturally. Uh, I thought a lot about guidance with this and how I think we want to, I know for me, I always think I want to do air quote, the will of God kind of thing. You know, I'm always looking, I I was always looking for that. Mm -hmm. And what it seems to be for me is that that's a natural response when I'm, living a God-centered, a Tao-centered life. My most natural response is the will of God. It's not something I've got to create or put on or make happen, just like all these other things that we're learning. Mm-hmm. When, when we get our uh, character defects uh, surrendered to the point that uh, we can start loving people, I, I think that falls in place just like water naturally flows. Agreed. I never understood that giving it up to God thing, but what? Well, how I understood it, it was exactly like what you said. What is in my true nature? What's what's the natural thing to do, which generally turns out to be the right thing to do. The times in hindsight where I can specifically see that I did the right thing, you know, I didn't know I was doing the right thing in the moment. Mm-hmm. I was just doing. The next thing, I had no, like, there was no voice that said, here, buddy, go do this, you know. (laughs) I was just doing it, you know. But in hindsight, I could see it was for sure the, quote, will of God for me, whatever it was I was doing. And looking back on it, I remember I just was doing what was natural to do. It wasn't made up or anything that I was having to create in any way. Right. 
I wasn't following a rule. And so I got to do this. Oh, let me do, you know, it wasn't none of that. It was just what was the next natural thing. And that's what I was doing. And come to find out it was exactly what I needed to be doing. Kate, you going to read for us this morning, dear? Sure. Yeah. All right. Let me share the screen. All right. I'll start with the first translation. The great Tao flows everywhere, both to the left and to the right. The 10,000 things depend upon it. It holds nothing back. It fulfills its purpose silently and makes no claim. It nourishes the 10,000 things, and yet is not their Lord. It has no aim. It is very small. The 10,000 things return to it, yet it is not their Lord. It is very great. It does not show greatness and is therefore truly great. Second translation. The great Tao flows everywhere. All things are born from it, yet it doesn't create them. It pours itself into its work, yet it makes no claim. It nourishes infinite worlds, yet it doesn't hold on to them. Since it is merged with all things and hidden in their hearts, it can be called humble. Since all things vanish into it and it alone endures, it can be called great. It isn't aware of its greatness, thus it is truly great. Third translation. The great Tao flows unobstructed in every direction. All things rely on it to conceive and be born, and it does not deny even the smallest of creation. When it has accomplished great wonders, it does not claim them for itself. It nourishes infinite worlds, yet it doesn't seek to master the smallest creature. Since it is without wants and desires, it can be considered humble. All of creation seeks it for refuge, yet it does not seek to master or control. Because it does not seek greatness, it is able to accomplish truly great things. Final translation. Tao flows in all directions. It's in everything, but nothing can contain it. Everything needs Tao, so Tao provides, and never expects anything in return. Everything comes from Tao, but Tao doesn't call attention to itself. It wants for nothing. Think nothing of it. Everything leads to Tao, but Tao doesn't call attention to itself. Pretty impressive, huh? It doesn't strive for success. That's why it succeeds. Hmm. I'm going to stop the share. The link is in the chat if you want to pull that up on your computer. It doesn't strive for success. That's why it succeeds. Comments? You know, when I'm reading it and listening to it, I'm trying to think of something that it is. And really the doubt is so many things. There's nothing, there's no object that I can name that's like, that is it. I can't, I don't know, how, I'm not trying to explain it. Well, that explains it. The, the Tao is 10,000 things. There's no one thing you can pinpoint to explain the whole thing. If you could explain it, then it would not be the Tao. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting you said that because I wrote a couple of things down um, when I was saying that the, all things vanish into it. I wrote down time. Actually, everything, everything gives into time. Um, then it nourishes all the world. And then I wrote down life. So it's, it's all these different things. Um, all encompassing. So I, I thought it's 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 kind of like a, a life source. 
um, even even the smallest of creation that nourishes even the smallest of creation. So I'm, I'm thinking it's, it's going to run along the lines of life. I think it's interesting. It's the 34th verse, and I think I'm actually just starting to get a true understanding of what's actually going on in it. And I think it's just really brought out from this by the, the, the different the, the different words that's, that's used in it by nourishing, um, flowing into everything, everything, everything sustained from it. Um, I think it's a really interesting chapter. Um, refuge in there as well, and um, there's nothing else that we would we would seek refuge into. I think it, I think you kind of get a, a whole sense of creation from this one. Anyone else? I'm oh. thinking about the. It wants for nothing. Think nothing of it. What do you think that means for us? Like, does it mean we're not supposed to be thinking about the Tao? Where are you at? I'm sorry. In the final translation. Yeah. It wants it wants for nothing. Think nothing of it. Okay. What? I mean, in that in the other translation, I uh, is that the lines about being humble? Can you fulfill its purpose silently and makes no claim? In the first one. Then the second one, I think that's the line. Um, it's hidden in their hearts. It can be called humble. When it's accomplished great wonders, it does not claim them for itself. So that line's kind of talking about humility. I would think so. Mm-hmm. I would think so. Acting but, without expectations. You, you know, and I, I was thinking with this in regards to the qualities of humility mm-hmm. and the qualities of powerlessness. Because for me, coming into recovery, powerlessness has been the hardest uh, principle to learn and to apply. And it's still it, letting go and powerlessness is the hardest thing for me because that means I have to do the opposite of my ego. <laughs> and and I see ego deflation in all of the sage's decisions. Uh, he doesn't draw attention to himself or herself. Uh, doesn't strive for success. That's why the sage is successful. Does not show greatness. Therefore, it's truly great. I like the way that last phrase is said in all four. Uh, talking about the Tao, it does not show greatness and therefore is truly great, isn't aware of its greatness, thus it's truly great because it does not seek greatness. It is able to accomplish truly great things, doesn't strive for success. That's why it succeeds. And I think about the emptiness there too. When, when, When I don't strive for success, in other words, when I when I do my job and don't promote myself, is what I'm seeing in that. Then I leave room to be promoted because I've made space. So that that's kind of my thinking on this. I I don't know. Uh, I had a lot of notes about humility and water flow that it finds a way around. Water nourishes all, asking nothing in return. Nurses all indiscriminately. 
And without asking for a reward. No judgment. Like in the third translation where they talk about does not deny even the smallest of creation. No judgment. No judgment. You know, I was relating, thinking about this. I've thought about this a lot in terms of my true nature. And um, it's, it seems for me in my true nature, I was born an addict. And so I need to feed that. And that was my argument with myself for a long time. <laughs> so um, then I learned it's really not. That's not really my true nature. But that kept me from being, you know, getting in recovery for a long time. It's like, it's my true nature to be an addict, for God's sakes. You just weren't ready, Marla. That kept you alive until you were ready. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Water works in the background, thinking about water. Uh, Maybe not aware of its significance. It's working all the time. I mean, we're how much, what percentage are we water? What, 70%, 80%? Something like that, quite a bit. Um, yeah. But I never talk about it or I never, you know, I mean, I, I'll drink water, but <laughs> it's, it's not something I sit around thinking about how much of our life. And if you're looking at this as an analogy, what kind of purpose water has in our life, but yet, uh, you know, the, the nicest person to the worst can get nourishment from a glass of water, can get quench your thirst from a glass of water. Mm-hmm. Water doesn't decide who's worthy. Uh, water doesn't, doesn't draw attention or praise. It just continues doing its purpose. Mm-hmm. Has no aim, no agenda. A lot of, lot of qualities there that we could, uh, we could, we could take with that. The no judgment, uh, does not strive, makes no claim, does not seek greatness. Can I throw a wrench in? Sure. So in, it's in, in, in another translation I was reading. It's in our nature to try to change our nature. <laughs> so it, it's our, it's, it's, um, I'll just read this. On, on the other hand, this refusal to accept nature's order is part of our nature. That's how we are, evidently. We develop this big brain and need to use it. So we replace nature by culture. Cities expand, and we hurry between them at increasing speeds. So it's, it's in what it's saying is it's, it's because we're humans with a brain, we try to change everything. And make it work. Yes, it is ego. It is the ego, no question about it. But that's in our nature. So we, so we have an ego nature and a Tao nature, or God nature. And we feed our ego nature. We don't feed our Tao nature. From you know, except us five. <laughs> I think for me, right from the start, I mean, I came into this cold. Um, in all of it, I mean, I kind of, I, I ignored the water reference and kind of took from it what immediately came to my mind. And because it references all living things, the smallest thing of creation, both 
you know, um, living and in to me, this is almost, um, and I don't normally talk like this, um, but some kind of essence of life or spirit that, or the essence of what makes things be. Um, now, in our innate selves, we're born with this naivety, with this, all we want is to be nourished and taken care of. We don't want for anything else. So we are still considered that humble, those, you know, it's, it's when it's when our higher level ego comes into play that then we come across, across issues. If we... Um, if we kind of give way to that ego um, and lose or admit powerlessness, then we allow for that almost higher consciousness, the essence of life, whatever you want to call it, to take its place. And if we do that, then we have the ability to become our best selves. Um, and that is that is the same for every living thing on the planet. Yes. Yes. Well, thanks for coming today. <laughs> <laughs> you hit the nail. That's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Thirsty as far as I can see. You know, that's uh, One thing I found that was interesting was talking about the, the, the last of the third translation there. All of creation seeks for refuge, yet it does not seek. Uh, it's talking about the Tao itself. Um, all of creation seeks it for refuge, yet it does not seek to master or control. Because it does not seek greatness, it is able to accomplish truly great things. And I got to thinking about powerlessness in that. The great things would be, if that's an example to us, that's how we're to behave. The great things that we would accomplish would not be of our own ability in this regard. So that's the powerlessness element. And I was thinking about acting our way into right thinking rather than thinking our way into right acting. You know, that idea that we learned, you know. So... I was thinking about that, and maybe the reason the sage is able to accomplish truly great things is because the entire time the sage is not seeking to be great. It was not a play on words. It's like, well, if, if you ever go to an AA meeting, you've got the Lord, I don't know, where y'all are, but here they always use the Lord's Prayer to, to close the meeting out, okay? When you're reading, when you're saying that, it's a part of that says that we're forgiven as in the same way that we forgive. So we take the action to forgive, and then we're forgiven. And I think that's talking about in daily life that, uh, that you know, I treat others the way I want to be treated. I show love, and I don't, treat people the way they treat me. I treat people the way I want to be treated. Mm -hmm. So same kind of thing. So when we act or we have to take the first action, risk, uh, uh, you know, 
know, risk uh, showing a kindness and, and getting nothing in return, like uh, the 79th chapter talks about. But this is really, you know, maybe the reason he's great is because he's not trying to be great. <laughs> you know, he's he's just doing the next right thing. He's not doing things that are going to, going to, with the intent of being great. It's not like, well, I'm great, but I don't need to show it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I need to be humble. You know, that kind of thing. You know, it's, it may be that same idea. uh, And I'm not doing a good job of explaining this. No, that's the the truth of it. it. You know, greatness comes from also not being attached to greatness. Yes. Yes. And that we're able to do these great things. And when we're able we're not able to do them because we're great. We're, we're able to do them because that's not what we're seeking to do. Mm-hmm. We're seeking just to nourish. You know, this person just needed help like the water, you know? So I'm just helping. And this just came of it and I had nothing to do with it <laughs> kind of thing. I, I think that may be what, uh, that's one thing I was getting out of it. That's one of 10,000 things. Yeah, for real. Acting our way into powerlessness. <laughs> Acting our way into this way of life that's e- of ease and comfort without striving. Anything before we go to the commentaries? No. Okay, I will read the... I've got, I've got a little something. Yes, um, Kirsten, please. Um, certainly in the last two um, translations, there is um, all about seeking and striving and grasping, as the Buddhists call it. Um, and I think one thing that I, I, I've been told... Um, over and over again is that if you if you are striving too hard or if you have to push too hard seek too hard and it's so much effort to try and get something done or to make something happen then chances are that's either not the right path to it or it is not the right thing to be doing um I've ignored that for pretty much most of my time in recovery and before and after my relapse. Um, But when I look back, it is, I have looked back and gone, yeah, okay, that was probably right. Um, I mean, okay, yes, some things are hard, but if you, if you kind of relax into it and just let things be acceptance and all of that um, great stuff, then it becomes slightly easier and actually become more successful and successful doesn't need necessarily mean, um, an acquisition of money or power or anything like that. Um, a strive for success and the ability to, to succeed is, is just living life. That's quite deep. Um, you know, being able to live life in a content and peaceful way as it happens. And that's a, that's a whole part of letting go too is yeah. let go of all this striving and you know I, I know in search of my recovery I was seeking like what is my definition of God I can't find it 
<laughs> I just let it go. And it's like, yeah, okay, things happen that are really great. And who knows, if, you know, whether I label it God or something else, I'm letting it happen w- without resisting it. And recovery seems a lot easier this time around because of that. The letting go, surrender, powerlessness, just just like that. You know, we, we're, we were even taught that in the corporate wor- world before I even knew anything about recovery. Um, you know, the things I didn't like about my business that I didn't like doing, you find someone to do those things. You spend your time doing the things you like about your business, the elements you like, and then you excel much more doing taking that approach. So I know you probably heard that in the corporate world too, Kirsty, when you were in the corporate world. But, yep. uh, so same principle, really. Um, what, what do I enjoy? What am I, you know, in, in my recovery, the things, you know, that, um, that are bringing me the peace and the joy. You know, let me focus on those things, mm-hmm. the things that are having that kind of benefit and just let it happen. Uh, this is uh, this is the Derek Mitchell, the line, it doesn't create them, which is close to the, the first stanza in the second uh, translation. It is more like a mother than like an artisan giving birth rather than making. It acts without any conscious plan or purpose. God doesn't say, let there be light. The light simply is and is God. That's what you were talking about, Kirsty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Without no conscious plan or purpose. Just being itself. Just being. Craig, you have the Derek Lynn. So the... Um... The translation. Hey, Craig, he must have meditated before he wrote this one because he he had a, he had some good things on this one. Well, for the past three or four weeks, I've not been that enamored with what he's got to say about some of this stuff. But this one, this one, this one's really good. Yeah. Um, so the, the translation for Derek Lynn, the Tao is the Great Tao is like a flood that can flow to the left or the right. The myriad things depend on it for life, but never stops. It achieves its work, but does not take credit. It clothes and feeds myriad things, but does not rule over them. Ever desiring nothing, it can be named insignificant. Myriad things return to it, but it does not rule over them. It can be named great. Even in the end, it does not regard itself as great. This is how it can achieve its greatness. So what he's got to say about that is that uh, Lao Tzu often uses water as a metaphor for the Tao. Here he takes a metaphor to another level to bring in the aspect of flow. When water encounters an obstacle such as a rock, it does not attempt to destroy the obstacle. It simply flows around, over, or under it. We can learn from this and apply it to life. When we encounter an obstacle, we may feel the urge to smash it, but the effort required to do that is not the best use of our energy. Instead, we should emulate water and simply find a way past it. There is always a way, as water demonstrates over and over again. So that's quite... There's quite a lot of um, anti-resistance and that sort of thing. Just don't resist things. Just, just, just go with them. Just like water, we nurture other people without needing to take credit or exert influence over them. Water gives because it is. Water gives because that's in its nature. Likewise, we give because it is natural for us. We attach no conditions, want nothing in return, and require no praise. 
And I thought about Callum when I was reading that originally, because I, I thought we, we don't look for any praise, we don't look for any thanks, we don't look for anything in return for feeding and nurturing our kids. We just want them to grow and develop into the best that they can be. Um, we've already discussed that we, we can't have any influence over what they do. We can just let them get on with things and be there to hold their hands for it. And I think that's, that's, that's why I took out the nourishing. And the Tao seems insignificant because it remains in the background. Its workings are subtle, imperceptible, and easy for most people to overlook. This seeming insignificance takes nothing away from its greatness. Despite its hidden nature, it is nevertheless the most fundamental force of reality. Although many people are not aware of it, none of us can exist without it. Thus, the Tao is insignificant and great at the same time. It's pretty much the same as oxygen. We kind of take oxygen for granted as well. The Tao is transcendental force rather than a human-like entity. It has no human emotions and does not regard itself as the Lord of creation or the supreme being. It goes about its business without elevating itself to a position of superiority. It is basic humility that we observe and emulate in order to act in accordance with the doubt. Basic humility that we observe and emulate in order to act in accordance with the Tao. Just like water, we nurture other people without needing to take credit or exert influence over them. Hmm. It, um, it actually got me at one point because, um, and I got almost like a little lump in my throat with emotion because the one person in my life that had like really a really lasting effect was in the background, quiet, giving, expecting nothing in return, and the people who was kind of on the periphery, so it's my granny. And my granny, this this old Scottish lady who just, you know, puzzled in and out of the house doing a thing and, and you know, she 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 basically brought us up and and my husband would refer to her as the scary lady who never said anything and the scary Scottish lady that he couldn't understand and was <laughs> sat in the corner. But she was just so important. She was, and actually, I did not know that she was incredible. Well, she was very religious, and but she oozed spirituality, but she didn't ever put that on anyone. And when I think of spirituality, I always think of her because, you know, I know people that will do something, but I know they then think, oh, I want you to do, you know, it's almost like, oh, well, I'll do this really, really big, amazing thing for you. But, you know, in the back of my mind, they then have an expectation to do something. And me and my husband live our lives based on if we do something for people, we do it because we genuinely want to. We don't expect anything in return. Um, and, you know, whether it's parties, whether it's dinners, whether it's, whether it's anything, help anything, because we know that our true friends would do exactly the same for us. But when that was read, I just had visions of my granny in our old kitchen or hanging out the back back of the door having a fag and just just being there and just being awesome um, in the way that she was, in the very quiet way that she was. Um, 
and she just was the essence of spirituality despite incredibly uh, an incredibly difficult life she was very very she seemed to ooze contentment and peace um, and was happy when she was about to die according to my dad so it was I that a, about a lot of people on their deathbed they they have embraced the spirituality, so they're happy. Mm. Can't wait. But we should embrace it while we're living. Anyways, that was good. I think about helicopter parents a lot. When, when we're, we've been talking about this helicopter parents, how you, how, um, you know, we want to keep our children from doing things wrong. And so we do, we make them do the right thing or what we think is the right thing, which goes against their nature. Um, my parents were not helicopter parents in any way. They let us pretty much do whatever we wanted, but had a, a, a ruling kind of a, a ruling hand in that we had to respect them still and listen to them, you know, but they, they didn't necessarily hover over us which I think is a great thing. It's a great thing. And it's, it's kind of that, um, like your granny, somebody in the background, you know what to do because they're there. Yeah. Interesting. We can be grateful for those folks in our life that, that were placed there for a reason, you know? Yeah. Well, parents, I don't know. That's a whole other thing. Okay, any comments before we move to Wayne Dyer? He's got some good stuff this week, too. Yeah, his is practical. It's really practical. Living the great way. Yeah. I'll share the screen on this one for you guys, if you don't have that. Um, I'm going to start, actually, the second second verse, the, the second paragraph. Um, Verse 34 of the Tao Te Ching describes greatness in an entirely different manner. Such a quality is the Tao, which is so all-encompassing that every plant, creature, and human originates and lives because of it. Yet it doesn't seek to dominate anyone or anything. The Tao doesn't ask for recognition of any kind, for it has no interest in fame or being thanked for all that it provides. It is this indifference towards notoriety that makes true greatness. When you change the way you think about this quality, you'll you'll see your world in an entirely new way. You'll no longer be gauging appearances and accumulations, and you won't notice how much power you or anyone else uses to exact dominance or control over others. Rather, your new way of thinking will allow you to look for the unfolding of the Tao in everyone you see. Perhaps for the first time, you'll notice greatness in others as well as yourself in terms of the Tao that includes all. You'll be able to look at the sky and see its grandness, which demands absolutely nothing in return. As you change your uncultured view of greatness, you'll begin seeing a different world. You'll see the importance of everyone, including those individuals you previously identified as difficult or unreasonable. You'll begin to see that the holiness that ferments the galaxies is working in you, in me, and in everyone. You begin to trust that greatness is every person's heritage. Oops. The Tao is everywhere. 
Therefore, this quality will be visible in all things and all people. Here are my suggestions for applying the 34th verse of the Tao Te Ching to your everyday life. Discontinue deciding what anyone else should or shouldn't be doing. Avoid thoughts and activities that involve telling people who are perfectly capable of making their own choices what to do. In your family, remember that you do not own anyone. Blah, blah, blah. This is always true. In fact, disregard any inclination to dominate in all of your relationships. Listen rather than expound. Pay attention to yourself when you're having judgmental opinions and see where that self-attention takes you. When you replace an ownership mentality with one of allowing, you'll begin to see the true unfolding of the, of the Tao in yourself and other people. From that moment on, you'll be free of frustration with those who don't behave according to your ego-dominated expectations. Okay. <laughs> Do, if you have a problem, <laughs> if people aggravate you, by not doing what you expect them to do, here is your answer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, part of our problem as addicts is trying to make everybody bend according to our will, I think. It's, that's in my experience, is trying to control the show, trying to direct the play, so to speak. Yes. You would think they would give in and just do what they're told, wouldn't you? What? You'd think they'd just give it and do what they're told. Yeah, do what we're told. Yeah. yeah. No, it doesn't work that way, Craig. So, one one part I would I disagree with in in that is where he's, he's saying perhaps for the first time you notice greatness in others as well as yourself. I'd rather not notice any greatness in myself because that kind of stoked my ego a little bit. I would just rather see the the greatness in other people. But see, in this way, though. This is a way of seeing greatness in the right light, though. Mm-hmm. Yes. Not seeing greatness as pride. Yeah. Right. It's, it's really seeing greatness in service. It's greatness in in being available. It, it's that opposite of that, really. You know, it, for me, it's a form of powerlessness, Craig. When I choose to help someone rather than dominate them, yeah. what I'm doing is I'm being powerless mm-hmm. when I do that. I'm surrendering. So that, that really is for me is an act of surrender because I'm choosing to do something for another person instead of for myself. But this chapter is really talking about how not to, to judge people, mm-hmm. not so much help them, but not, not judging and putting them in a container and labeling them based on their appearance or what they have. This is, you know, not judging people just allowing them to be who they are without any expectations or attachments to how they should be. At least that's what I'm getting out of it. That's good. That's good. I'm not going to expect you to get anything different more. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thought y'all would like that. I mean, it, it, what's so human is that we all have a different uh, idea of what that means, of what not judging people means. And we're all so different about that, but um, that's the beauty of being human. We allow other people to have a different idea, a, a different version, a different interpretation without 
without judging them or seeing them as bad or, you know. That's why it's a God of our understanding, not a God of Buddy's understanding. Correct. (laughs) Or anyone else's, you know. Right. Same kind of thing. Yeah, it's why I bristle when people say, well, AA is the only way to do it. I bristle at that. It's it's one way to do it, but it's not the only way to do it. Uh, even AA says it's not the only way. Even correct. <laughs> I mean, I can I can show you book. I mean, things in the big book that say it's not the we we don't have the only answer to this, but we found something that worked for us. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. But, uh, discover a new definition of greatness. Yeah. Hmm. And I always, you know, I immediately go to who do I think is great? It's a who, not a what. Or what was, action? Maybe, maybe a place to start with that, if we want to reframe greatness, would be what actions do I think are great? Yeah. Maybe go to the action itself and reverse it back, because we've been so programmed to think of greatness with you know, the same thing with the success and the money and, you know, all those things all lumped together. When what this is saying is greatness is paradoxical too. What you think is great is not, you know, what you're taught that's great is not, maybe not what's really great. Hmm. I like his translation that he used in the 30, uh, in this verse. I want to read it. The great way, I will, uh, let me go to it on the screen. Yeah, I pick and choose what I want to read on this. I know, I know. (laughs) Uh, The great way is universal. It can apply to the left or the right. All beings depend on it for life. Even so, it does not take possession of them. Okay, I saw some things in here that showed me some examples of how to apply this. So... They're depending, and the response to someone depending would be, does not take possession, okay? I'm just thinking about me and people and my interactions with people, so I'll come back to that. It accomplishes its purpose, but makes no claim. So it accomplishes, and it makes no claim, okay? It covers, eh, covers, but it does not dominate. All things return to it as their home, but it does not lord it over them. Thus, it may be called great. The sage imitates his conduct. By not claiming greatness, the sage achieves greatness. So, does not lord, does not dominate, makes no claim does not possess a lot of letting go, a lot of uh, lack of attachment. Lack of attachment, yeah. Hmm. No judgment, does not lord it over them, lack of no judging. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting, again, it's this acting our way into right thinking, I, I believe, because it says that the sage imitates this. By not claiming greatness, the sage achieves greatness. So that by this action causes the sage to be great. I mean, I've had times in my life where I took the high road 
which was, you know, the road of uh, behaving in this way in a particular manner, in a particular situation. And people start would praise me in the middle of that. And I'm like, I wasn't asking to be praised, but yet it just naturally happened because I was doing the right thing. So I think that's some of this. When we're in situations, are we trying to control or are we trying to, you know, work harder and do better to achieve, to make, you know, are we, are we in pride and ego or are we over in love and kindness? You know, which, what are we working in with this? You know, that's, that's kind of part of this. Um, it's trying to overcome the, uh, the brain going against our nature because that's what it wants to do. It wants to dominate and judge and, he, he had a really good, um, Dyer had a good, uh, do the down now. Were you going to read any more, Marla? Or I, can, you... I can read this. Okay. Um, let's go to, do, I, I like that he's, um, practical. So discover a new definition of greatness. Offer yourself a definition that doesn't use any standards of appearance or traditional external measures of success. Notice those who give much, boast little, nurture others, and decline recognition or credit, and put them in your greatness file. <laughs> Encourage yourself to practice these same kinds of behaviors. Yes. Begin noticing how the Tao is always flowing in an all-providing, no-boasting, non-demanding, non-possessing manner. Can you see how great that truly is? There are many people in your daily life doing just that. Hmm. Seek them out and acknowledge them while quietly emulating what they do. Remember that a great sage never claims ownership of greatness. So when you change your definition, you'll see that quality cropping up everywhere, especially within yourself. Do the Tao now. Make a decision to spend a day seeking out several people who fit the model of this verse of the Tao Te Ching. Silently convey to them that you sense their greatness as an unfolding of the Tao. Then notice how your interactions with them differ when you're not making judgments based on their age, sex, title, conduct, manner of dress, height, weight, skin color, religious affiliation, or political beliefs. It didn't say convey. It said silently convey. Silently convey. You won't tell them. (laughs) Can we leave off the political beliefs? Because well, yeah, because that just sends me off. back out that one. Let's just leave that one out. <laughs> I just we need that one first, actually. Uh, in the, in these days, yeah, but yes. that, that one sends us off into another. <clears throat> but uh, anyway, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to run us down that rabbit hole. Um, Encourage yourself to practice these same kinds of behaviors. Notice how the Tao is always flowing in an all-providing, no-boasting, non-demanding, non-possessing manner. I guarantee you, if I'm having problems in a relationship or in any area of my life, I am doing the opposite of this in that area. I guarantee you, if I sit and, and evaluate it and look at it closely, I'm going to see how I'm demanding or I'm boasting or I'm trying to possess 
Um, you have expectations. I have expectations. I'm not letting go. I'm resisting all of those things that we learn that cause us angst. This is just another way of saying it. Another way of saying it. It's like the nirvana of how you'd want to be and live your life. Exactly. Nirvana. That's what we're striving for. Not Kurt Cobain, but nirvana. No, no, no. What should be a title title for today? What do y'all think title I should put on this for the podcast? I've got a few. True greatness, thou powerlessness, true humility, guidance the natural way, or acting our way into powerlessness. I like that one. I like acting our way into powerlessness. Okay, that's what I'll use. There's just so much here. Yeah. I'd be curious to see when we, oh, someone asked why we don't have the first, what, nine chapters or ten chapters? Yeah, it was, uh, um, it was Christine from the, from the SRC. Yeah. The reason is that we did those, but we, we do not have the video because we started doing this meeting back in June, I think, and we didn't start uh, the podcast until October, and we had lost some of the first ones. There was a glitch, so. I wasn't able to make a podcast out of it. So that's why we don't have those. I do want to give you guys, we're getting a lot of downloads now. So I want to give everyone an email that Marla's going to look at. If you've got any questions or comments or suggestions, it's wisdom526 at gmail.com. If you've got anything, send it to that email. I'm going to try to start announcing that at some point in the meeting. So it's wisdom526 at gmail.com. And we'll we'll take a look at your questions in the next uh, in the next episode. Um, also, if you want to participate in this podcast, anyone listening can attend this podcast for one dollar for an entire month. You can go to omarpinto.com and look at the uh, recovery recovery revolution community and see how you can do that. And this is a this is a meeting within a recovery community. Uh, that we have, what, 130 members or so at this point, something like that, 120, 130. So come uh, come join us. We record every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern time. So you're welcome. Anything else before we close, guys? No, good meeting as usual. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.